So, you know what? We're just going to, nothing uh, real laid out and refined. We're just going to get into the book here and talk about some things. I've even got a borrowed Bible here tonight. But it's the same. My goodness, you got quiet. Y'all going to have to help me out here tonight. But we are honored to be here. My wife and the granddaughters are all somewhere else, and I was going to be there until we got switched around here. But uh, let's, let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. And the church doing great. We're hearing great things about what is happening around here. And... Uh, move of God, and the church is growing, my goodness, very, very good. I commend all of you for that, and the leadership, of course, I'm a little bit biased there, our daughter, her husband, that have a passion and a zeal for the work of God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you might as well just get ready, this is not going to be on the level of a Pastor Brown Bible study, Okay. Pastor Brown is one of my favorite teachers and preachers, always, always. And our church loves to hear him whenever he comes to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to preach. And uh, so, so you're just lower your expectations tonight, okay? <laughs> and, and we'll all be good. Uh, by the way, it is getting warmer in Indiana. I think we've had some really warm weather, maybe in the 70s. And uh, so it's getting up there. So we're usually under snow and ice. Let's go here see what the Lord has for us tonight. I don't even have a title. I'm just going to talk to you. Uh, matter of fact, there's some other notes in this Bible. Let me just see what these are. I might want to teach them. <laughs> All right. First um, Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as even as unto babes in Christ. Now, you know the Scripture background setting here, the Apostle Paul dealing with a very troubled church at Corinth and establishing the saints of God there. And that church in Corinth was a mess, as most of you know. You think you have problems once in a while, then just dig into what happened at the church in Corinth. But anyway, Paul says, I have fed you with milk. Uh, You were not able to bear it. Uh, I'm sorry. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For uh, while one saith, I am of Paul, another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Now, the reason I'm kind of halting on reading here tonight, I normally preach from from my laptop, and it's got the backlit screen. And if you're close to my age, you know what a difference that means. And you borrow a Bible, it's got small print you're trying to see. So that's that's uh, we're going to get get there tonight, okay? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God... Which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, Paul is saying, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Going back to an old, old thought tonight. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, here we go, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, Stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, 
which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, tonight we thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. We ask you to give us direction and inspiration here tonight that, that we would receive your word with thanksgiving in our hearts and be edified thereby in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody say amen. Well, the story, I think, if I remember right, goes like this. Now, now, right at the point, first here we're going to we're going to go real deep. We're going to go, go uh, get our diving gear on and go deep. Once upon a time, there were three little pigs. And and uh, I'm trying to remember the story. Three little pigs, and somewhere in the story, there was a big bad wolf. And uh, the big bad wolf decided somewhere along the line that he was going to have one of these little pigs to eat. And so I think the story goes that he um, that the little pigs went to buy materials to build a house with. Now, let me, let me just preface this by saying this is a child's nursery rhyme, but it's, it's like many of the old nursery rhymes in early American history and all the way back to England. They have their, their roots in real-life situations. And so it's, it's, I'm not going to go into this, but it's uh, like Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, Humpty Dumpty, all this. All right, uh, talking about Humpty Dumpty sitting on the wall. That's, he's an egg. That's symbolic of man, body, soul, and spirit, three parts of the egg, sitting on the wall, reaching for the forbidden fruit, uh, a type of, of sin, falling, and can't put his life together again. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. That's man's ways, man's wisdom. Can't put a life together, psychology and all that stuff. But only one can, and that's God. So what I'm saying is a lot of these early nursery rhymes are truisms about life. And that's the way they had of conveying to the children how to avoid some of the pitfalls of life. And so it is with the three little pigs. And so uh, the Bible says that the devil is as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. That, that roaring lion in our little story here is the wolf that is after the three little pigs. And so we find that uh, they, they come to the realization they were going to have to build a house to keep them from the perils of the predator, which is the wolf. And so they go and gather materials. One of the little pigs was not the wisest. He went and he gathered some straw. And uh, he thought, I'll, I'll build me a house out of straw, and this should be okay. And so he goes and starts to build his house out of the straw. Why did he build his house out of the straw? Because straw was not very costly. He didn't have to do much. wasn't a lot of labor, but he, uh, he, he just took his reserves or whatever he had and bought the straw and built his house. And um, the other little pig, one of them, went and uh, he, bought, uh, he saw a man with a whole... A whole uh, cartload of sticks, and so he went and he bought the uh, sticks and said, "Sir, some of your sticks, and I want to build me a house." And so he did, and he built his house, and so forth. And so, the third little pig went and saw um, uh, someone with a load of brick, and thought, "Okay, I'm going to buy the brick." And so, story goes, you know it well, how that uh, the wolf came along and said, uh, "Little pig, little." pig. I've got to be careful here because telling my children this growing up, I always mixed it up and made it crazy. So I'm trying to be careful here. And uh, so he uh, he went and said, uh, and and uh, the wolf came to the little pig's straw house and said, uh, little pig, little pig, let me come in. You know the story, all right? Fast forward motion. He said, uh, not by the hair of my chin and chin, chin. He huffed and puffed and he blew the house in. Now some versions say it. Now there's no children in here. So I'm going to tell the adult version of it, okay? Now, some say he ate the little pig. That's, uh, that's the adult version. The little, the little children version is he ran to his brother's house. 
All right. So anyway, whatever whatever you prefer there, he escaped and went, and we'll say he went to his, his other brother's house. So he went to his brother's house, and uh, his brother, of course, he went in, and the brother sticks where the wolf came along and said, okay, now y'all really, really learning tonight in the Bible study, aren't you? So he come along and uh, said, little pig, little pig, let me in. And so the pig said, not by there, my chin, 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 huffed puffed, and he blew the house in. And so what they do, they ran to the house of the brother that built out of the brick. And so there we find that um, that uh, same thing happened over again. And he huffed and puffed, and he could not blow the house in. Now, that's we all know that. So what's the moral of the story here? The moral of the story is... Um, is all in in the cost, and it's a principle here of Scripture that says that that every man is going to build a house, every child of God, and it says that we're going to work, we're going to labor, we're going to build a spiritual house, and every man's work is going to be tried as so by fire, and it says you can build, and it gives the building materials here: wood, hay, and stubble, or precious stones, gold, silver, and precious stones. And so, obviously, we put the paradox together here. I'm sorry, the parallel of the stories together. And we look at it, and then we see that, that the same principle applies. The little pig that, that uh, built the straw house, as we said, the straw didn't cost much. He said, I'm going to build inexpensively. It will be all right. I'm going to take my shortcuts. Well, it wasn't. And the more morbid version is the little pig got ate by the big bad wolf. The next one, of course, thought, I'm going to build a little stronger. I'm going to invest a little more. I'm going to buy some sticks, build something a little, little, as I said, a little more substantial. And so it was he built, but it still was not quite enough. It was wood, hay, and stubble. And so the fire came and tried the work. And so the last one, the pig, the wise little pig said, I'm going to buy I'm going to take everything that I have. I'm going to buy what I have to buy to invest in a house that cannot be blown down or destroyed. And so he spent what he had, and he bought the brick and built the house. And that's the only way that he sustained and destroyed that or ate and destroyed that which would have destroyed and eaten him and so forth. But anyway, it is a, a truism of life here. The Bible gives us that same principle. Now, let, let, me, let me just caution you. We are living, I, I've been pastoring quite some time, and at my age, as well as some of you, you've seen some things, but I have never seen the adversary and in, such, in such display as what we are seeing him here in the last few years. I am pastoring people that that used to years ago they had normal family lives people that came into the church had 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 seemingly halfway normal lives and i know it's not that way in california but in indiana their lives are a mess there is hardly anybody that is not going through just just unmitigated chaos and confusion and hell in their lives. I want you to know that it's that way everywhere. If you were to have gone outside of your house today, you would have looked down upon uh, normally what would have been the soft green grass, but now probably the parched earth, and you could have seen the devil's footprints just outside of your window. Or if you would have looked on your window, you would have seen his fingerprints on your window. The devil is as a roaring lion going about every day seeking whom he may devour. You may not know it, but the devil has been after you today. He has been after all of us today. I received the phone call Two days ago, another tragedy, uh, not in our church, not in our city, but another place. And it all started with just a little flirtation. It all started so innocent. all started with trying to help somebody. And it was the flirtatious look. It was just maybe the soft touch. It was just the confidence, uh, the confidant that was there trying to help someone. Now the family's torn apart, church torn apart, all because 
of just a subtle little move, unsuspecting move of the enemy that creeps into our lives when we least expect it. I want to tell you, the devil is as of a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. He is busy. He's not overlooked you. He has been around. He's tried you. He's tested you. He'll be back tomorrow. You've got to be on your guard. And so the principle here is, what do we do with this? We've got a choice. Life comes down to choices. Did it just happen? No, it didn't just happen. It was, it was a choice. It was a deliberate choice. It may have been a weak moment, a time of letting your guard down. It may have been a David taking time off from the battle, the Bathsheba. It could be in the guise of the job, the financial problems. It could be the children that are out of control. It could be your health situation, whatever it is. The devil will use anything to find the chink in the armor and try to use the wedge-shaped tool of discouragement to put it in the crack and pry it open and gain access into your mind. And so the battle is, is, is right here. It is in the mind. It is the battle of the mind. The Bible says that the devil has come to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. I'm telling you today, Tomorrow, be on your guard because he will be around. And I trust that somewhere in your walk with God, you've decided that you realize that there is an adversary. There is someone who is trying to destroy your life from whatever angle, discourage you with you with anxiety, fear, worry, unbelief. Whatever it is, again, we go through a myriad of things that we face every day. He doesn't attack us all the same, but he does attack all of us. If you've not faced your crisis, if you've not faced your trial, just just be patient. You will. It will come. Because the Bible says that, that the fire will try every man's work of what sort it is. The day is going to come. And maybe it already has come. The fire of adversity will come to your life, to your family, and see what it's made out of. The problem is, and I've I've been in the business for quite some time now, pastoring where I am for 29 years, and, and so I've seen a lot of situations. We've dealt with a lot of situations through years. And I watch people. I watch them build their houses, their homes. We give them options and choice. Nobody can make you build in a certain way. It's up to you. All the pastor can do is say, here are your building materials. You can build out of gold, silver, precious stones. Or you can build out of wood, hay, and stubble. And so the choice is up to you. It depends on how much you want to pay. It depends on what you want to put into it. And so... And so it is. I, 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 I don't want to digress here, but I've done a little traveling. And in, and in some third world countries, homes are built uh, such as Bangladesh or India or some other countries in, in South America. When the earthquake comes or the typhoons come, they're not built expensively. They're built cheaply because there is no uh, there, there 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 is nothing to regulate the building uh, uh, materials and so forth and so when they when they build with concrete they mix too much sand in because it's cheaper but and it it all finishes out the same and it all looks good and the same on the exterior and the veneer but when you have the earthquake or when you have the typhoon or when you have the cataclysmic events that come and and tries what that material is, those buildings crumble. That's why there are tens of thousands of people in these countries that are killed. And when here in California, you can have a major earthquake, and for the most part, it's going to withstand that because because of the of the building codes and the materials that are put into it. But it's more costly. It's more expensive. The same principle applies to our spiritual lives. Whenever we we live for God and we know that we face an adversary, and the earthquake is going to come, the fire is going to come, the wind is going to come, the rain is going to come, and it's going to beat against the house. It's going to do everything it can 
plan to destroy who we are and what we are. And so we've got a choice to make now, okay? Am I going to be a, uh, a, a casual Christian? Am I going to be someone that says, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to take this religion stuff too seriously, and, and I can get by. I know Pastor Brown preaches that you you must do this and you must do that and and I recommend that you do this I recommend that you do that but he's not going to come back and, and require of you to build in a certain way you have a choice whether you're going to be here on Tuesday night or not you've got a choice whether you're going to be here on Sunday during worship or not you've got a choice what you're going to do when you sit on these pews you have a choice where are you going to sit you're going to, you have a choice whether you're going to raise your hands or whether you're going to sing or whether you're going to pray before church, you have a choice whether you're going to pray during the day or not. Are you going to let it slide all week or you're going to make the commitments? Well, I, I, I believe this message up to a certain point, but there's some things I just can't go along with. So you know what? I'm just going to hold. I, it just costs me too much. The lady says it might cost me my marriage. The man says it might cost me my family. And everybody counts the cost when they go to live for God. And the problem is that when that fire gets to burning, it's going to expose what we have built out of. And it's going to burn. It's going to burn fervently. And it's going to burn hot. And so when it burns, if we build cheaply and make church and living for God just a byproduct of our life, and we make it a side issue, then then I've watched them through the years, and I could tell you, matter of fact, when I went to Fort Wayne many, many years ago, we started taking attendance, and every we have taken attendance every service for 29 years. After I was there a few years, I be, I, I started charting that. I, I charted it all out, and I averaged it, and I watched the people and saw their lives and the ones that 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 were on a trajectory, and 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 I could tell by looking at the stats on that that this person is probably going to make it, and this person is probably not going to make it. And I would talk, and I would preach, and we would plead and do what we could. But some people just decide they're going to do what they're going to do, and there's nothing anybody can do about it because that's all they want to spend. That's all they want to put into it. And the tragedy of this whole thing is that you can stand back and you're going to, you can say, I wonder how long before that house falls. It may be in the marriage, it may be in the kids, it may be in the grandkids, because we all reap what we sow. We pass it on. We put our traits and our and our and our priorities and our passions into our children and they pass it on to our grandchildren and I promise you sir if you're building cheaply tonight and you're not investing in what you should invest in and building a house for God then somewhere that fire is going to burn and it's going to expose what you have built from and you sir are going to suffer loss And so the Bible says, but they will be saved, yet so as by fire. Oh, well, we're going to be saved. Can I give you a little secret about life and living for God? There is a, there is a easy way to come to God, and there's a hard way to come to God. God will do what He has to do in our lives to get our attention either to get us to church and live for Him, or whether it's after we're in church. And we may be saved, but God may see how cheaply we're building, and He may cause or allow the fire to burn to, to make something in us. And even those that build with the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, here's the difference. Everybody's work is going to be tried by fire. It's just going to happen. The trials are going to come and it's going to determine whether your house is going to stand or not. Here's the difference. Everybody is tried by fire, but the ones that build with wood, hay, and stubble, they're going to suffer the greatest loss. They may be saved, 
But their loss is going to be horrendous. Well, what about the committed, the dedicated, the pastors, the preachers, the Browns that go through sickness, give everything they've got to the work of God. And some of you, and still yet, you go through hell on earth. Maybe there's sickness. Maybe there's death. Maybe there's this. There's that. But here is the difference. For those that build with the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, when the fire comes, when the fire burns, The ones that have built with the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, the house doesn't burn down, but it glows more resplendently. It glows with the glory of God because it has withstood the fire and it has the quality. That's why you can see old saints of God that are faithful to God through the years. I I recall, and and my, my daughter knows well the story, before we went to Fort Wayne, was a precious couple there. We just buried the man just last year, but I have pastored them for 29 years. Before I got there, I found, I heard the story. The story was this. They were faithful saints of God, some of the best, most loyal, faithful people in the church. Their daughter, beautiful young daughter, uh, met a young man, and they got married. And uh, so they, they went on their honeymoon. While on their honeymoon, make a long story short, they they were out on a lake in a boat and just having a good time. And, and as they were enjoying the day and the sun, the water, something happened and the motor on the boat caught fire. And as it caught fire, they, they tried to put it out and the boat turned over and both of them were thrown out into the water. The daughter went down. Uh, couldn't swim and evidently got tangled in some brush in the lake. And her new husband, of course, trying to save her, dove down, tried to get her loose and drowned himself. And the tragedy, the tragedy story. And so the fire was burning against this faithful couple in the church, their young, beautiful daughter, newly married, son-in-law. And so the house was burning They come to the family and the pastor at the time did before I was there and talked to them about it and went to the father whom we just buried last year, stalwart, faithful, not really emotional, but always there, always faithful. And so they told me the story that when they brought the news that uh, the daughter had drowned, he's a very, very composed man. And, of course... His reaction to that, he was just, he was, he was his lovely daughter, you can only imagine. But he looked at the pastor and said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. Could you say that? Could I say that? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. Through the years, they have been faithful saints of God, loyal to the church, loyal to the pastor, faithful with their giving, faithful to church every time the doors were opened, prayed, loved God, lived right, did right. When the fire burned against that house, it didn't burn it down. But it only made it grow strong. We question God, and we say, well, why would God allow something like that to happen, to come into our lives and to our family? I don't have answers. I told somebody the other day, I said, when I was in my 20s and pastoring, you could have asked me anything, and I could have told you the answer. But now I've got more questions than answers. I don't have the answers to something. Only, Only this I do know, that God is a sovereign God. And the Bible says, will not the God of all the earth do right? At the end of the day, through our trials and our troubles, through the burning of the fire, if our anchor is put down and grips that solid rock, at the end of the day, we can say, God, you give and you take away. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now here's the deal. Most of us will not face circumstances that drastic, I pray. Some will, some won't. But that's really usually not what destroys people. Usually what destroys people is the little foxes that just nibble on the vine and kill it before it really gets growing good. The Bible says the little foxes destroy the vine. And so it's the everyday aggravations, the little things that today, sir, the devil has put in your mind. And you've said, I don't know. I don't know where God's at. I don't know if he hears my prayers. I don't know if he really knows my situation. And that will eat like a cancer. It will eat like a cancer. And somewhere, and I'm talking to somebody tonight, you'll come to a line, sir. You'll come to a line, ma'am, or young person, where you're going to question God with everything that's within you. Do you really care? Do you really know? Then when you come to that line, you're going to have to make a decision. Do I opt out? Or do I choose to step further in? Do I walk away and, and get further away from God? Or do I decide right here that I'm going to trust God? no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the difficulties, and I'm going to move in further. But here's the thing. The devil can never do anything to you except what you allow him to do. Because the Bible says that he is not only a liar, but he is the father of lies. The greatest battle we'll ever face the steel is right here in the mind. And if he can get us to believe that God doesn't care and God doesn't know and God doesn't hear our prayers, he can discourage us and get us to step further away from him. Let me give you a little snippet of this, a little illustration. Recently, and and I'm going to tell you, I have never in my life seen pastors and their families under attack like we are seeing in the last few years. If you've ever prayed for your pastor and his family, you need to do it now. You need to carry a burden of prayer for them. Not just because Pastor Brown is sick now, but but it is the it is the unbelievable situations and stress. And if the enemy can take a pastor out, then he can tear a church up. That's why it behooves everybody to pray that hedge around the pastor and his family and the ministry of the church as well. And so and so just recently it was a deal, not anything really major, but in my mind it was just driving me crazy. And I'm just I'm just stressed out with it. And I'm like, Okay, God, where are you? Where are you? And then you know I decided I don't want to do something about this. So I just went upstairs in my little office, nobody home, and I just stayed there and prayed. And I prayed this thing through. And when I got through praying and walked out, it's like, what problem? What problem? The devil is a liar. He can magnify the smallest and most insignificant things in your life and make them a roaring lion to you until you tremble in fear. And the Bible says that he hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Come on, say it with me. He hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Somebody right now, maybe you're going through the crisis. Maybe you're in the fire. Maybe it's burning against your house. 
your mind is troubled and you need to just lay your hand on your forehead and pray tonight and pray this thing through. And when you pray it through, it's not going to be near as big as you thought it was going to be. Would you stand with us, please? And I don't know what you have by way of music. That's a little bit of rambling tonight. But I'm telling you, it's a word for somebody. I think it's Revelations 12 and 2. It says, the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Have you ever seen so much chaos, so much hell in the lives of people? I haven't. Dear Jesus, our families, when they are so tech-savvy and they have access to every despicable, deplorable thing online and the news of this, like this Jenner mess and how the world is making a hero out of him, And our children have to be exposed to that. Four-year drought in California. People are worried. Russia, China, acting crazy. North Korea, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. The world is a mess tonight, my friend. And we can, we can be troubled by all of this. The devil has come down to you having great wrath. Why? The Bible says, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. That might scare you, but it encourages me in knowing that he doesn't have that much longer to work on us. We're going to get out of here, my friend. The rapture is going to take place. And if you've built with the right material, you're going to get out of this mess. Have you built against the storm? Have you built to withstand the fire? Would you bow your heads in prayer right now? Dear Jesus, you see the faith of someone here tonight that has been shaken. The faith that has faced the storm. The faith that has faced the fire. The horrendous pressure, the stress, the anxiety that is working upon their mind and their spirit here tonight. But Jesus, you said you have come to give us peace and that more abundant life, more abundant. I pray tonight against the powers of hell, against the power of the enemy. My God, when they go home tonight, speak a peace into their lives and give them rest and peace like they have not had in years. In Jesus' name. Let me just ask you before we sing tonight, if you're under the load, under the stress, and under the burden, and you've got problems and trouble and you're looking for answers, I want you to make the devil nervous tonight. Just step out toward the front and say, God, here I am. No matter what comes in my life tonight, I surrender my life to you. One hundred years. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be.
says, pray ye one for another that ye may be healed, therefore fulfilling the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. For any two or three agree touching any one thing, it what it shall be done. I'm going to ask you tonight. Now, many of you obviously are not going through anything, so we're going to ask you to come and just maybe join with some of these or link up here, pray one for another right now, and let's just band together against the onslaught of the enemy against what is coming against the child of God here tonight. Let's see. Sit up find someone to pray down with, someone in my soul that I can't contain. I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. I can't contain. I can't control. I want more of you, God. I can't control, I want more of you, 